right, everyone, welcome back to our podcast, Let's Rendezvous. We are your hosts. I am Millie. I am Allison. And I'm Emily. So welcome back to part two of our discussion about higher education. If you've listened to our first episode on higher education, you heard the stories of uh, my cousin Karen, our old roommate Karen, and myself. And then this week, we will be giving you some insight into Emily's and Allison's experience with college, the process, some shit going down and you know how hard life can get so as usual like we do on the podcast let's go around and see what we're drinking today so i will go first i am drinking water because i've been doing homework and been in class all day oh i should actually go get a beer let me text my mom anyway but i'm drinking water (laughs) out of my beautiful starbucks cup that emily is very jealous over right now shout out to my i am (laughs) (laughs) i'm about to text jacob be like yo, hook it up. For your mom to hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chinita, um, what are you drinking? I am drinking gin and tonic. I have also been home all day doing homework, but you know, gin and tonic helps me cope and keeps me moderately sane. Doesn't well, you, Emilia? <laughs> I is drinking water like I always do. Galilean. And well, I drank Jack Daniels lemonade yesterday and wine. That's yesterday. Okay, that was yesterday. Today on the podcast where we're supposed I for- to I forgot to drink let wine. our listeners know what we are drinking. You I promise to- I will get my shit together for the it's next fun. episode. See, yeah. I am committed. I will bring alcohol. I'm committed to the cause. I just texted my mom to bring me a beer. It should be here soon. Shout out to my mother. Love her. Her support. <laughs> I love being back home because, like, my mommy does everything for me. <laughs> I can't relate. Yeah. relate. That's funny because you're back home and I just moved out. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Life. Mm-hmm. Life in its stages, anyone. Anyway, exactly. that's what we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, if I'm a little out of today's podcast because, again... School has been kicking my ass, not going to lie. So I am pretty tired. But anyway, here we go. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So as we discussed in the first podcast, as the ladies go through their stories, we'll be learning about um, how they even applied to college. So what was the kind of their high school experience, their experience while they were in college, some of their hardships, and what they are doing now. So um, to start, how about we have Emily? Basically, I applied to college actually as an undeclared. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do um, when I applied back in, you know, the fall before. And so I, I just applied to um, pretty much four UCs, four Cal States. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what, who accepts me and everything. Um, and I think just coming from the high school that I did, the program that I was in, Um, By the way, I was in a magnet program. It was predominantly white. And I was one of the few Latinas. I think I only knew maybe like two, three more Latinas in the entire program. And um, mostly everyone was white, if not Asian. And they came from families that were, 
you know, that were well off. They were not first generation for the most part. They were coming from families that had doctors, had lawyers, and those were their parents. So these are the people that I was competing against. And it was a, a very competitive program, um, just trying to keep up the program because it was a magnet program. That's the reason that I went to that high school is because I got accepted into that program. And it was a college-bound program, which meant that everything that they did, it was meant to prepare us for college. So the workload that we were having, everything was meant to just ease us into college, which I think it did an awesome job because at the end of the day, <laughs> when I went into college and I started meeting friends and everything like that, those people were stressing about all-nighters or staying up so late and all the workload. And I was just like, well, that's normal to me. I was already doing that in high school. So that that was that. But the I think it was stressful for me. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I am the oldest in my family and my parents only have a middle school a middle school education level the highest that's it and they didn't continue they didn't have the opportunity to continue because you know of where they were living and they just didn't have the money so I was the first one in my immediate family and most of my family to go to college so i didn't really have anyone to where, where i can where i can go to and ask them questions and be like hey how do you do this or how do i apply for that so it was a stressful situation and honestly now that i look back on, on it i'm like well why didn't you go to a counselor or counselor or ask someone i don't know um i think part of me was just a little bit anxious about talking to anyone and asking them feeling embarrassed for not knowing um obviously looking back now it's like shit like a lot of us didn't know i should have just you know been more vocal about it but i wasn't so when it came time to applying there was a lot of things that i didn't know a lot of it i would try to google try to find out in terms of putting in the applications and i did feel like karen had mentioned earlier this was karen the roommate that I was going through the motions of applying, but I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do, or I just knew that I wanted to apply to good universities. And that's when, you know, the name comes into play when it was like, okay, well, let me apply to UCLA. Let me apply to UC San Diego. Let me apply to all these UCs and then the Cal States. And because of my grades, I did get accepted into all the universities I applied to. And like I mentioned last week, uh, one of my regrets was not applying to maybe more private or, you know, different, not just different universities, but also scholarships, because I feel like I definitely undermined my achievements and I could have gotten a lot more had I actually believed in myself. But, but I, as sadly as it sounds, didn't believe that I could get that far or was good enough to go to those universities. So I didn't even try. Um, but like I said, I got into all the ones that I applied to. I ended up choosing UCLA. By the time I chose UCLA, actually, I had already decided that I wanted to be a psych major. So why psychology? So um, 
mental health is such a huge stigma within the Latino community. So for me, it was such a big deal that I get myself involved with mental health and psychology because eventually I want to be able to have a career in that area and somehow bring it back to to my community, to my brown community, where we don't get the resources, we don't get the knowledge, it's still taboo, continues to be taboo, something that isn't talked about often and needs a lot more attention, we need to shed more light on it. So that was one of the reasons that I decided upon psychology in Spanish just kind of happened, because I actually love Spanish literature. So I started taking some classes, and I didn't care, at some quarter, at some not even a quarter, it was the entire year I was taking four classes every single quarter. And if you're not familiar with the UC system, four classes is a lot for a quarter. And so, but I was doing it to myself. I didn't even have to. It was just, I was taking my prereqs for psychology. And then I was also taking the classes that I enjoyed. So it was a mix of Spanish classes. I even ended up taking Quichua. Yes, it's Quichua, it's Quichua or Quechua. It, it depends on the region, where, where you're from, how you pronounce it. I've been corrected before. No, I'm not wrong. Thank you. And so, <laughs> so I had an amazing professor, um, Luz Maria de la Torre, shout out, one of my favorite professors ever, an amazing woman, came from Ecuador, studied there, um, even studied in France. She's just utterly amazing. Love her. So she kind of convinced me to keep taking Quechua. So I took several of her Spanish classes too. So because I was taking so many Spanish classes, I decided to look at the requirements for the minor. And I was like, oh, shoot, already fulfilled all the requirements for the minor. And I was like, let me look at the major. I was like, oh, okay, I only need a couple more. So that's when I added Spanish as a major. And I was done with the Spanish major by, uh, at the, by the end of my junior year. And I didn't even add the Spanish major till my senior year. I was like, oh, yeah, I should honestly do that. So I added, I tagged on Spanish as a double major. But again, my main concern was psychology. And question, because you mentioned that you were doing four classes. And because, I mean, hello, we worked together and you were commuting by your junior year and stuff. Like, the question we all want to know is, when did you sleep? <laughs> I didn't. I'm just kidding. So Millie mentioned this. So my first two years, I stayed in the dorms, um, and I started working freshman year. And I didn't start working in dining. I actually started working in housing, and I was at the front desk. So I'd stay there. You know, it was a chill job, super easy. But I didn't like it because. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I'd get really bored all the time. So I didn't want to continue on my second year. So that's when I applied to dining. So, you know, all cool. Job was right there. School was right there. But third year, I said, you know what? I want to save some money because this debt is no joke. And it's adding up so quickly. Facts, facts. So I said, let me start commuting from Long Beach. Um, So that was a that's a pretty much like a 33 mile commute and for those of you not familiar with the 405 it is hell it, it is <laughs> i hate to drive in general but fuck the 405 <laughs> i don't even drive and i know about the 405 that shit is no joke it's bad so what i would do and again guys so i was working between 35 to 40 hours weekly 
as I was basically a full-time worker, a full-time student commuting and also doing extracurriculars. My junior year, I was a research assistant. So I would plan out my days and I was basically on campus almost every single day, all day. So I would get to campus, I would park. And uh, by the time I got to campus, it was probably like six in the morning. Sometimes I'd go to the gym and shower there, got a locker and everything. Other times I would just sleep in my car because I was too exhausted. So I just sleep in my car in the parking structure, then go to class. And so I planned all my days where I'd go to class and then go to work. And so everything was done within that day. And any brief periods, maybe like sometimes my classes just didn't line up as beautifully as I wanted. So I had huge gaps in between of like three, four hours in between. And I couldn't work because it just wasn't a good shift to work. Um, it just didn't work out. So I would go do my homework. And I, I knew all, all the places where I could go sit down quietly and do, and do my homework or take a nap. Um, I think it was Saks that where I was at the at the most, and it was like level B. I was always there, sitting, either napping or doing my homework, <laughs> and so I had True. to plan everything. Um, and it was really exhausted. Looking back, I was like, I don't know how the hell I did that, but I did. And then senior year, I actually tagged on for Glorico to that. And I was still doing the research assistant position up until winter quarter of my senior year. Dear wow. So, oh yeah, I girl, I don't know how I did it. So mm -hmm. by then, I mean, they had already cut our hours because of some issues with this girl that shall be unnamed. <laughs> uh, hater. I just got hired when this girl stirred drama up in the dining halls. Yes, <laughs> bro. So they cut our hours. But yeah, so it was the same thing, commuting. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had folklorico practice. Once we started, you know, performances, it was almost a daily practice, which I, I love folklorico. I love dancing in general. So I made sure to make time for it. But then on top of that, I still had to make time to be a research assistant. So I was helping a lab with its child and development. So I was working with a lot of preschool age kids. And so we would go, we would have, we would interview them, have a little set of questions. But the thing is, when you're working with preschool kids and you're doing a lab like that, it's not on campus. Yes, there are preschools on campus, but we also got preschools outside of campus around the LA area. So I was one of the research assistants with a car. So usually I would, between myself and another research assistant, we would kind of take turns and then go and meet up or like get a couple of us and then we would go to the preschool and then interview the kids and so we'd have to coordinate days so again i was on campus all day every day i usually didn't go home till maybe 9 p.m so yeah so i spent all day on campus till maybe 9 p.m even if i finished let's say i was done by 6 30 i would not leave because guys when i tell you that 405 traffic is bad it is bad. So it was either sit in traffic for two hours or wait till like maybe 8.30 or 9 and then leave. So what I would do on most days is I would wait until 8.30 or 9. So I, you know, find some space in between, do some homework, etc. And then I go home because I rather, you know, 
spend my time wisely than yeah. just be sitting there in traffic. And plus I'm exhausted usually most days. So I was so scared of falling asleep behind the wheel. Um, because oh. when you're just sitting in traffic, for those of you who know, it can get bad. You're just sitting there almost dozing off and it's scary. So I had said, I'm not going to put myself through that. Let me just be productive. I'll stay a little longer or I'll nap in my car. I'll take a nap and then I'll go home. So it was, it was trying to, to juggle everything. So for those of you who did not have to work during college, you know, that's, that's awesome. If you had that opportunity, unfortunately, I didn't have that opportunity in order to sustain myself financially. I did have to work. I had to work for um, basically my degree to pay off, to pay off everyday expenses. So it's hard when you think about it because not all of us have that luxury of not working. And so we're able to invest in internships and do all these, all these amazing other things, you know, that eventually you can add to your resume. Uh, some, but however, some of us do have to have to work and that's just how it is. Unfortunately, we can't do much about it, but just make the best of it. Um, and, just time management was a huge thing. So for those of you who are recently going into college, if you need to work as well, just plan out your life. Plan it out from hour to hour. It'll make it a little bit more bearable in terms of how you do things. I mean, you know, eventually when you go back to campus and in-person classes or whatever. I mean, like, I think it's like um, in high school when you are doing the millions of things and, you know, trying to make your application look good. I feel like they're really trying to teach you just how to manage your time because when you do go to college, you have to already have a good foundation of that and then go in and continue to be able to manage, you know, your classes, your homework, your study time, plus working. If you're in an extracurricular, if you have an internship and all that, like when I think we joked either last episode, the episode before, that when you had to schedule your breakdowns and your crying time, like it was legit, <laughs> like you had to schedule when you could break down because like every hour, every second counted. And if you, mm -hmm. let's say, if you wanted to party on a certain week, like you had to make sure you got your shit done before then or that you didn't get too drunk so that you could get up the next day to study or whatever it was, you yeah. know? So if you were fortunate enough to not have to work, hey, maybe you had a little bit more leeway and room, but I know for a lot of, um, first generation students or even just like POC in general like you would see them working you would see them hustling two three jobs or an internship here and this and that so um, I don't know how y'all slept we know that energy drinks are very common amongst com um, college students <laughs> coffee. but yep, coffee. coffee especially the addiction is real Emily mm -hmm. can um, attest to her coffee. Oh addiction. my God, my cleanses. But, dude, I would not her go near cleanses. her in her fucking cleanses. Like, <laughs> it was too much, you guys. Like, it, 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 no. Emily, like, whenever she would decide to go on a cleanse, she would send us a group text, like, I am, I'm separating oh, from coffee. coffee. <laughs> like, do not come near me. It, or a public I, yeah. service announcement. Yeah, like, I apologize no, for any grumpiness. Me. And it's just like, <laughs> let's not go around this bitch because no, it was too much, but definitely. Um, I guess another question I have for you, Emilia was since you have gone through the um, process and you do have younger siblings, how did your experience maybe help them with the process? Well, I think um, I try to be there for both of them. So I have a brother who is in college right now. He just recently turned 21 and 
so he knew or he thought he knew what he wanted to do so he applied according and you know shit happens um you change your mind you decide hey this is not meant for me and that's kind of what happened with him so with him i was just you know trying to go with the process with him and help him out as much as i could in terms of applying for colleges reading his essays like i remember i took his essay i was like we're fixing this because <laughs> You know, you have someone there who can read your freaking essays and say, hey, you need to work on this or, hey, you need to add a little bit more to that and just kind of stay on top of deadlines or even having someone to talk to and to vent to and who understands. Because I think I lacked that a lot. I just didn't know who to talk to when I was in high school freaking out about applying, about deadlines, about this, about that. I didn't have answers to. So you have someone there. And that's what I tried to be to my brother and to my sister who is currently applying. And right now it's again, going through the process. My sister is currently going into her senior year. So she started applying for colleges. So shout out to her, Nicole. I know you're listening to this episode too, because guys, number one fan. Number one fan, <laughs> um, Nicole. Kudos. So she is, you know, she is in love with, mechanical engineering that's what she wants to do and I was like awesome let's look for colleges that have programs that will get you where you want to go because no we're not just going to look at names we're not just going to look at this or that you know what you want to do so let's look at that so start making a list of colleges that she wants to go to and explaining okay you also want to have safety schools so safety schools are though you know because you've worked your ass off so much you're you're allowed in a sense, quote unquote, those safety schools, because you'll most likely get in because you more than exceed that criteria. So, you know, get a list of that. And then also push her a little bit, because I think one of the things, like I said, that I regret was not applying to more schools because I thought I wasn't good enough. And I wish someone had told me, hey, don't do that. Don't sell yourself short. Apply to more schools. Do this, do that. Don't, you know, you've done so much through high school to get to where you were and you worked your butt off. And the worst that could happen is that they're going to say no. And that's the worst thing that could ever happen. So definitely don't think that you're not good enough for anything. You just, you know, it was, it's, it's a lot of competition within colleges and it's just what better meets what they're looking for that year. So, and Again, you might get some rejections along the way. That's normal. That's part of life. And it's just kind of taking it and say, you know what? It just wasn't, that path wasn't meant for me or hey, that path wasn't meant for me now. But maybe later, maybe I'll go to this college right now, keep working hard and then go to whatever dream school that you couldn't get into, you know? So I think I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> the way I try to look at it is like, you know, I'm hoping that I'm making the path for them just a little bit easier. Everyone goes through their own struggles and obviously they're not following my exact same path because they have different career goals. However, I'm hoping that even just with me getting a little bit involved and kind of pushing them to do certain things and then just helping them a little bit wherever I can, it's making their life easier. Mm, Alrighty then. So with that, we will now go on to Gimme story. Gimme. Enlighten us with your Enlighten. path. Please. My path was quite, I don't know, dark. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it was wild. discretion is advised. <laughs> yeah, that went south that real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how to start. But we should start with baby Kimmy. Baby Kimmy, let's take us back to high school Kimmy. See. Where, you know, your main focus is to ultimately go to college. At least that's what I was heavily enforced growing up. My goal, or even as a freshman going into high school, my mother and father uh, were very strict on the idea that I will go to college. And there was no way of changing changing their mind about that. It was going to happen and I needed to make it happen. So throughout the four years, throughout high school, all the way to my senior year, while applying to colleges, I, I remember Emily stating that, you know, you have to have safety schools. I didn't have that option just because my parents didn't believe in safety schools. They believed that if I were to go through with the instructions of, you know, getting all A's, getting good SAT scores, doing extracurricular activities, that I will get into elite colleges. And it doesn't help that I've applied to, you know, the colleges that I did and I got into all of them. So I had the options. So I want to state that I've applied to six universities. Uh, I ultimately turned down two just because they were West Point and Air Force Academy. Those two are actually my dream schools. And the only reason why they were dream schools for me were because tuition was free. The only cost that comes with that was serving in the field for two years. So if it was West Point, I would serve the military or the army for two years. If it was Air Force, I would join the Air Force for two years. So because I come from traditional Korean household, my, my mother and my grandmother were against this idea. So ultimately I followed their decisions just because out of respect, and, you know, thinking about it now, I regret it, but there's no way I'm going to look back and hold grudges against it. It happened and I just called it a day. But moving forward. So I had the options and thankfully UCLA gave me um, scholarship. So there was no second guessing it. I will go to the cheapest one available just because I was coming from out of state. I would have to pay the international price. That is something that comes with, you know, being born in South Korea. I didn't ask for this, but here we are. But yeah, that was something I wasn't completely aware. I just saw the tuition cost. I was like, oh, what's cheaper? But like I've mentioned, my high school, I was so focused on getting into these schools that I didn't realize the big picture and that higher education involves money. Money is a huge aspect. And I've learned this lesson the hard way when I was just stuck in college. And you're kind of sitting in class, thinking about, you know, trying to finish school, but at the end of the day, you also have bills that are piling up and you're just borrowing loans left and right. And I wanna state that when I got out of college, just because of my personal um, situation that I was dealing with, which I will get into further detail, but I left with $116,000 in debt. Jesus. And that's, that's like a down payment on a house. <laughs> and mind you, that's only that's only two years. That's that's two years of my college. If I would have, you know, borrowed all four years, I I, I can't. I, there's no way I could just be sitting 
<laughs> sitting with that money just piling up. There's no way. But yeah, that was the consequences that I ended up dealing with. But to break it down to you while going to college, I went in thinking that I will come out as a dentist. So that was my goal into going to college. Mind you, my parents were educated enough in order to pretty much pave the way into how to go to college with a major in mind and, you know, <clears throat> ultimately the, the entire process, they were helping me through and I just had to follow through, but they didn't teach me the money aspect that comes with it. So I'm here in college listening to these classes, but realizing that undergrad is not where I just stop. I would have to go to grad school. I would have to get my degree in dentistry, complete tests along the way. It's a lifestyle that I have to go through. And there's going to be more money involved, not just four years of college. But I didn't have the support from my parents when it came to that. I only had expectations on their end, but there was no money aspect of that. And I'm not blaming them for, you know, that aspect, but it's something I had to pick up real quick that if I really wanted this, I needed to make sure I become a dentist. And my junior year, I realized dentistry was not for me. I couldn't imagine myself waking up at, you know, God knows what time and looking in people's mouth. Like that wasn't for me. I couldn't <laughs> see myself living like that. <laughs> Potentially getting bitten. Yes, I was not about to look into people's stinky ass mouth. Rotten teeth. And mind you, we've gone to we've gone to dentists before. It's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus. I hated that shit. So I ultimately mustered up the courage to tell my parents, like, hey, you know, I don't think dentistry is for me. Of course, they flipped the shit out. Uh, yeah, I felt I felt sad in a sense because I've. I kind of made them disappointed, but it was the honest truth. And they just didn't take it the, they just didn't take it well for our relationship. Oh wait, they just didn't take it well. And after that, our relationship just kind of grew sour. And needless to say, we just kind of parted ways. That's easy that's way good. of saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's an easy way of saying it. It was definitely not easy, but you know, just to get the scope. But obviously, when I decided to get out of dentistry, I was kind of faced with, you know, my major as a bio major. But taking these classes, I ultimately fell in love with chemistry. So chemistry was my thing. I loved everything about it. And that's kind of where I fell in love with. But it's sad to say, because I was going through certain situations, I had to get out of school. My mental health was jeopardized is that something i could say yeah. i like your wording today I know. I know. <laughs> mm. so yeah uh my mental health was just not good i had to go to therapy a lot especially my junior year after i came clean with my parents saying that dentistry is not for me just coping with that even from miles away uh was something heavy that i had to go through and definitely I have to go talk to my therapist. And the funny thing is, as an Asian American, I needed a therapist who was also Asian American when I was, uh, when I was going to therapy. 
because they wanted me to have that cultural relation where they understand yes. me on a cultural level for me to feel comfortable in order to, you know, say some crazy shit that our Asian parents do and they just understand. Because mm-hmm. if I were to talk to, for example, Becky, she, she wouldn't know. She wouldn't know. <laughs> if I were to be like my mother, who's all the way in fucking Korea, is calling me a hundred times a day, she don't get the picture. She won't. No. We'll just be She'll like, put you in an insane crazy. But at the same time, talking to an Asian American, of course, she's going to say it's crazy, but it's more expected. <laughs> like she gets it. Like she, she gets it. She understands it. She understands the process that my mother is going through, just a bit exaggerated. But that was also an experience I had to go through while going to college or, you know, thankfully that UCLA has um, the platform to give me or to make me feel comfortable while I was going through tough times. So um, that's just okay. for um, quickly interject for some clarification here. So um, one, Kimmy is touching on mental health here. So I just want to say that mental health is a very big issue for a lot of college students, because again, especially if you are coming from underserved communities, you probably have not been exposed to therapy at this point, or it's even probably frowned upon in your family or in your culture. It's seen as weak or it's not, you know, um, encouraged. While I'm just saying, like, I would say that our generation is kind of breaking that stigma and we are kind of promoting therapy and making sure that everyone's taking care of your mental health. And especially in college, you are put in situations and you are challenged and there might be a, you know, a time that you need to go to therapy and like, don't think it's bad. Don't think you're weak. Don't think anything of it. It's just like, hey, like this is something that's there and it's offered to you. So one piece of advice before we keep moving forward is to when you guys do go to college or if you're in college now or whatever the case is, look into the mental health services that your school offers because while you are in school, they do have some very great mental health services for you guys. So make sure that you guys are taking advantage of that while you are in school. Um, Another point that I kind of wanted to clarify is that the process that Kimmy is talking about when she says that she stopped school is called deferring, right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, can you explain kind of what that process was? Well, deferring and also just um, academic dismissal is what Mm -hmm. I had to file for, basically. I was going through, you know, the toughest moment of my life, I would like to say, I don't think I can imagine something worse than what I just went through. But, <clears throat> but it was a period where I needed to focus on my mental health and I, would have to go, I had to go to my academic counselors stating, that, uh, stating about my personal issues and personal, um, my personal decision of ultimately leaving school. Now, I would have to show proof of that. I can't just say, you know, I'm out, peace. I mean, I'm sure you can. I just, that wasn't the step that I took. Just going to therapy and for my therapist to ultimately state that I needed a break was something, you know, refreshing in a sense because you're trying to suppress the thought of leaving because it's not right. But to hear from someone else, hearing your story in a third person, and for them to make the decision or for them to reiterate a decision you might have already made for yourself was refreshing to me. And to have that letter and to take it to my academic counselor and just to have them accept wholeheartedly of the situation that I was going through was relieving. I, that was, that's my best description. 
I'm not saying my, my education was something that was like a burden, but it was something I needed. It was something that they didn't ask twice. And, you know, right now I'm going back to school and I had to write an appeal. So for me to go back to school, that's another process I had to take is where I had to write an appeal letter stating as to why it's the right time for me to go back to school as to where I'm at mentally, because I did mention about, you know, my mental health being on the line. So it's very straightforward, but I feel that it's, it's not a very hard process just because you're going through it. It's easier to write in words and just say all you have to say and for another person to read it and understand it. Thankfully, that was my situation. Well, I just, you know, want to add my two cents into it. But I think, you know, when you're trying to describe just even the psychologist saying, hey, here's a letter. Here's why Allison shouldn't be in school at this time. I think it's just the fact that she's making your feelings valid. She's mm-hmm. making what you're going through valid. Yeah. Which is very easy to push to the back when you're in college and especially, you know, at an institution such as UCLA where we're all very competitive people. And at the end of the day, like Alice was, you know, she went in as a bio major. If you're not familiar with the science major, they are highly, highly competitive. If mm-hmm. you know anything about bell curves, it's, a, you know, making sure that you not only do good, it's you want to make sure that you do better than the person next to you and hoping that they do worse than you at the end of the day, because it it is that competition. It was competition. Yeah. It's crazy because like my high school was also very competitive. Um, So to give you an example, I've mentioned that I've applied to uh, good schools to go to college and mind you, my valedictorian, salutatorian also applied to the similar schools that I have applied to, but didn't get into their dream schools, which my valedictorian UCLA was his dream school. And for me to get into UCLA, I was, you know, a lot of people talk shit about me because it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And that's how competitive our nature was, or at least my high school was, for you to bring someone down because it wasn't supposed to happen. They don't congratulate you. So that's the environment that I grew up. And coming to college, especially as a bio major, it was also a competitive environment where I'm not saying I couldn't adapt to, but it was almost tiring. And to continue to go into a field, especially dentistry, and I had no passion for, it it was just kind of got over me and I think also something to mention is like you're in college obviously especially if you do end up going to UC they are on a quarter system so that quarter system kicks your ass you have no time to breathe or process anything it's just like go 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 so in these institutions of course they're expecting you to perform and exceed and have these great um grades all the time but you are also growing up you're also going to go through stuff while you are in college and sometimes like shit gets really hard and like it takes longer than a couple hours crying for you to be able to pick yourself up and you know move on so if you um are going if you end up having to go through something like this while you are in college please make sure that you look for the resources sooner rather than later because it can 
get pretty expensive, you know, having to wait or let's say if you fail or whatever the case is, you're going to have to do another quarter. And then they add, they don't care that you're going through something. They don't care that you're sad. It's just like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you were enrolled in these classes and now, you know, you're not. So also make sure that you guys are aware of um, the deadlines to drop or add classes, the deadlines to drop a class without having to pay, without it affecting your financial aid. Like these are all terms and um, dates and stuff that you guys will have to be aware of and kind of start getting um will be aware of or like even write down in your planner to plan accordingly you know (laughs) um again for those of you that might be going into college there's something to look out for and if you're in college already then I mean you know what I'm talking about but yeah like make sure you guys take care of your mental health I think it's not until you're in college and you know you're by yourself um quote-unquote adulting and trying to figure out your life that you start realizing these things. And sometimes you go into college with one mindset and you decide like, this isn't the path for me and you completely have to change it, you know? So these things happen, reach out for help because you're not the only one that's going through it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing, we're talking about higher education. If you were to ask me if higher education, you know, was necessary, I want to say no. Because when I took my break from college, I ultimately had to focus on paying off my debt because that went into action, I think, three months after I left school. True. So for me, that was always in the back of my head. I understood that I needed to take care of myself, but I also needed to be out there making money. And, I've no, and we've mentioned that we've all worked together. But because I was no longer a student, I I couldn't go back to the position I was as a student supervisor. So now I was out in the real world looking for industries to, you know, hire me. And, you know, I want to say I was blessed and found a very good job as, you know, not the ideal, but a server or a back server for a fine dining restaurant in the arts district area. And my experience there was life changing and something that was more, that put more impact in my life than it did for higher education when I was there at UCLA. So for me to experience social interaction, social relationships, getting cues and knowing how to deal with people, my relationship and my, um, my communication skills got better. And I've learned more when I was at that restaurant. And, you know, Ultimately, it triggered something where I fell in love with wine. And I've mentioned before that I fell in love with chemistry when I was in college. So applying something I loved when I learned in college uh, to this restaurant was something that I've picked up real quick. And that's also something that my sommelier at that restaurant also picked up. And he took me as not an intern, but, you know, kind of under his wing. And so on the weekends, I would do wine inventory. And that's something I grew to fall in love with. So if someone were to ask me now what my dreams were, it's something I have maybe later on in the future. I'm not there yet, but I know somewhere along um, down my future or down my future path that wine will be involved and that it's something I want to incorporate, whether it be in a restaurant, because just uh, that's something I fall in love with. And I couldn't say that if I was in a higher or in college. That's something I had to learn when I was outside. So now that I'm back in college, being a sociology major, studying about human interaction and stuff like that, it's something I want to incorporate while I, you know, 
perhaps work in a restaurant or have a restaurant of my own and have a relationship, if not a business relationship, that I can incorporate my skills in order to interact with other people who might have interests or who might have similar interests as mine. Let me tell y'all that we highly appreciate Kimmy's love of wine. <laughs> it has definitely blessed us. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess kind of going off of um, both of your stories and then the three stories that you guys heard last week, I hope that um, our listeners can see that college, college stories, um, they take a lot of different pathways. A lot of different shit happens along the way. A lot of things um, happened before we even got into college that you know for us or how should i say for us to be able to access this academic space so just see that it's not a one way fits all type of thing everyone has their past everyone's did something different to get into college and everyone brings something to the table so whatever it is that you bring to the table your experiences make sure that that is shown especially when you guys are writing your essays to get into college and hey if you decide that college isn't for you that's great too you know like just figure out what it is that you like to do what you're good at and then you know go on that side and another thing to keep in mind is that your path is not going to look like your friends or your neighbors so it gets very one thing is very easy to compare yourself and your or where you're at in life to your friends and others. And it's very toxic to do that because your story isn't like their story. So if you think that you're somewhere in life and you should probably be X, Y, or Z, like, no, it's your story. You go on your time, your own pathway. It has nothing to do with what the other person is doing. So focus on yourself and what you got to do. And hey, congratulate your friends as they're going through their journey. You know, everyone's path is different. That's something that I highly would like to stress because life gets, you know, life um, starts revealing itself to everyone in their own way. To wrap up um, our episode for tonight, um, as usual, we are going to have our question of the day. So today's question is, what is something you wish you would have known before going into school? The money. The money, <laughs> bitches. The money. If I knew that money was huge, girls, you don't understand. Like I've said, I had $116,000 in debt. Right now, as I'm speaking, I still have 72000 Mind you, I paid a lot of that shit off, but I still got $72,000 sitting in my fucking bank account that I got to pay off. And... It's a lot of work. It's so much work. Any sugar daddies out there that would like to sponsor kids education? <laughs> slide in the I'm DM. sure my man's will approve. I, I think I think he'd be very supportive of that decision. Sugar daddies, please serious inquiries only. <laughs> X. Um, I think one thing I would have liked to know um, before going into school is what the fuck I wanted to do. <laughs> something I oh my god tell me about it <laughs> and you know like they tell you like you know it's okay to go in and declare it and you find your path along the way or whatever but like the four years came and went and I didn't know so and it, it happened to a lot of people you know like I wasn't the only one so th- that, that was comforting for me but I think if I would have known if I hadn't focused so much on I'm going to college and I would have changed the story to I'm going to college for blank. It would have made a world of difference for myself. And I could have totally like, you know, had a very different experience. But 
you know, I'm still very appreciative of the friendships I made and the connections I made. And, you know, it is what it is. We graduated, we got that degree and we're moving forward. So, yeah. So I think you guys touched upon very important points. And then just even adding on, I wish I had, you know, known that I could have just done a lot of my GEs at a city college. Yes. Transferred over. Yes. Not saying for those, you know, for those of my transfer friends, if you transferred over, not saying it's an easy process, but it's, it's available. It's there. Do your freaking GEs. It's so much cheaper. And then try to transfer over. Okay. Dude, I, both, wish I, I wish I would have done that. Yes, Both of my siblings are doing that and are saving so much more money. And it's just like, what a fucking pendeja. Because again, my brother's I'm doing going, that right now. Going yeah. to UCLA, go me exactly so i mean ugh. but it's only knowledge that we can pass along to um you know siblings friends you guys if you're listening and you're applying or thinking of going back to school hey well those are our, our stories guys i hope they were helpful and again if you have questions please make sure you dm us at let's ronde r-e-n-d-e underscore podcast make sure you guys are liking and sharing and again please reach out if you guys have questions if you would like some advice like we are here to help and provide anything that we can so please make sure you guys hit those dms um we did not come a consensus on an episode for next week so it'll be a surprise <laughs> yay um, surprise to both you guys and ourselves exactly so again make sure you guys follow us at let's ronde r-e-n-d-e underscore podcast make sure you guys like and share and we hope you guys enjoyed our two-part episode about higher education thank you for listening and adios goodbye Bye.